Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. Hallelujah! Say hallelujah! Hallelujah! God is working. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may take your seats. Thank you, Father. Woo! Did you enjoy that? That's right. The Father heard our praises and our worship. He hears it. He hears it. And He gets a smile on His face. Right? Makes us feel good. It makes Him feel good. Because that's what He wants to see from us. To praise Him and to worship Him. To sing a song of adoration to Him. To honor His name. To give Him glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Holy, holy, holy is your name. He is Almighty God. Amen? Amen. Welcome to everybody. Welcome to our online viewers watching from all over the world, from South Africa, doesn't matter, we're over the globe. Um, thank you for taking the time out to watch us and to watch and listen what the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us this morning. Amen? Are you expectant? Are you expecting something from the Holy Spirit? We need to expect Him to say something to us to talk to us this morning, through me. Because the word of the, the, word of the Lord says, wherever the, the word is preached, signs and wonders and miracles will follow. There will be liberty. There you, there you will find freedom. Amen? Amen. When, you hear the, when you hear a preacher preach the gospel about Jesus Christ, about His blood, something happens to our DNA. <laughs> When we hear the word Jesus, when we hear that the blood is poured out into our spirits, the blood is poured out into our lives, something happens to our DNA. We cannot stay the same. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray this morning that this word will stick out in our minds this morning. What you're trying to tell us about the kingdom, your kingdom, here on earth, that this is the mighty kingdom of God, where God, you are king. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will enlighten our minds and our brains, our intellect. That we will grasp your word this morning. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Okay, cool. Let's go. Vroom. Start those engines. Vroom. All right. So we are on the kingdom. Say, Kingdom of God. So I'm in the kingdom. This morning, we, we spoke about, I've actually added another category in my five categories. So there's six categories. Right, we spoke about authority two weeks ago, right? Say authority. authority. Then we spoke about government. government. Say government. government. Then we spoke about citizenship. Say citizenship. citizenship. So this morning, I, as I was doing research, I'm busy with this book where, where they explain, this writer explains exactly the kingdom and then this got out of me or stood out, is today's topic, 
the constitution of the kingdom. The constitution of a government. Right? There has to be a constitution. It's actually so logical. If we think of, um, say, constitution. Constitution. Let's, let's think about America. And their ally countries like France and England, when they invaded or when they went to Iraq to establish a new government to help the Iraqis to get Saddam Hussein out of power. Right? Because he was a dictator. What happened? Before they could fire a bullet, before they could go into the cities or towns, they had to come together with the leadership of the Iraqis and establish a constitution. Sit down around the table and discuss what do we want for this country? What does this country need? Right? A constitution. So that was their first order of business, was to establish a constitution, to, to create this new government, this new country. At the heart of all nations and empires and kingdoms is the constitution. A republic is what? It's a constitution, it's a government, or it's a covenant the people make with themselves. A republic or a de democratic government, Right? It is the covenant the people make with themselves and which, on which they hire and vote a government body into place. Does it sound familiar? We vote. So this is democratic. The same with America. Versus a kingdom. The kingdom. The constitution is the king's government. Or covenant, sorry. The constitution is the king's covenant with his citizens and his kingdom. Amen. You see the difference? Right. Again, a republic, the constitution is produced by the aspirations of the people. The people want a country. They come together. Let's, let's create this constitution. It's democratic. Then we vote in leaders to serve us as the citizens of that republic. Right? It's interesting, in the U.S., the Constitution starts with these words. We, the people. We, the people, the citizens. Again, the kingdom. The Constitution is initiated by the king in the kingdom. Think of King Shaka. Think of Caesar. Think of the kings of England, Europe. The constitution is initiated by the king and contains the aspirations and desires of the kings for his people, for his citizens and his kingdom. And we read through, old, we read through the old, old Testament, we had good kings and we had bad kings. We had good kings. We had bad kings, right? The good kings, those countries or those governments flourished. And then we came in the bad kings and everything was broken down and demolished. Say the kingdom. Say the kingdom. So in the constitution of the Lord, 
in the constitution of the Lord, it always says, says, I the Lord say. I the Lord create. Me, God, create mankind. Right? So that's why kingdom is important. Constitution is important. Who is our king? Father God is our king. Elohim Adonai is our king. Right? And we read through the Bible that the character of God is only to have the best for us. We'll get to that. Because God is a good king. Say, God is a good king. God is a good king. He wants to build up and not demolish. Hmm. Do you realize where we stand in? Where we find ourselves in? Now, a constitution is established by whoever exercises that power. Right? A constitution is established, it's written down, by whoever has the power. A dictatorship, for instance. The supreme leader, ooh, I can think of one person, rule the people for his own benefit at the people's expense. In the world there is, we don't have, but in the world there is a leader like that, like I think of now. Who can think of one country in the world who is, a, is in dictatorship? Sorry? No? No, no. There's an extreme one. Sorry? No? North Korea. North Korea is in dictatorship. I've, I've watched a few of the documentaries about their leaders and his father and his grandfather. And man, and then this documentary, this journalist infiltrates the people of North Korea in their homes where the people are under house arrest. They're not allowed to come out because they said something about their leader that wasn't so good. They get arrested. So we've seen di di dictatorships in Africa, Idi Amin, Saddam Hussein in the East. We've, we've seen it, and they're still, it's still happening today. Right? Another constitution government... It's a democracy, like ours, like the U.S., like most of the countries in the world. A democracy. The power lies with the people. Right? It lies with you and me. In this worldly government, they elect leaders to represent them and then petition those leaders to enact laws and policies for them. Then the kingdom, the kingdom of God, all power, or any kingdom, all power resides in the king. All power resides with the king. The constitution of a kingdom is a documented will. It is the documented will and purpose and intent of that king. So what is that king's will for his people? What is the king's intent for his people? What is his heart for his people? Hmm? And this is the approach that the King of Heaven has always taken with mankind. Always. He always had us in His mind and in His heart. His people. That's why He said to the Israelites, this is my people. He said, let my people go, Moses said. Right? 
I'm trying to establish a picture of who the Father is, yet who the King is of this kingdom. Right? Loving, authoritative, mighty, powerful, creative. All that the King does, all that God does, is for our benefit. It's for us. He has His best intentions for us, for you and me. He doesn't want to harm us. Now let's see where this starts. Obviously it starts in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis 1.26. Let me just read this properly with my, with my farlookers. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures and move along the ground. 27. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. We are not talking about a, a dictator here. We are talking about a king who wanted to create a people for Him, His citizens in His kingdom. Me and you. Male and female, He created them. Verse 28. I'm, I'm going to go both fast. God blessed them and God blessed them. Wow. The king blessed, blessed you and me. Are, you, are, are we getting this? Then he blessed them. Not curse, bless. Then he blessed them. When you bless your son or your daughter or your grandchild, you speak articles of God over them. You speak only good things over your children, right? Wow. Even if your child is naughty, never tell your child, you're naughty child. Don't do that. You are misbehaving always. You are planting a seed of curse in your child. Be careful, young people. Watch what you say. Even as older people. Watch what we say. How do you speak over your wife, over your husband? Near, my husband is now going fishing again, so he can bloody go and fishing and, and for weeks. Blah, blah, blah. What are you doing, wife? Are you blessing or are you cursing? No, my wife is going, my wife is doing this. What are we doing, husbands? Are you blessing or are you cursing? Right? Do, we must not conform to this world. Don't look at the soapies on Sivandalan and days of our lives and conform to that. It's going to pull you down. You're going to eventually speak what they speak. Be careful what we watch as well. I'm going a bit off the track here, but the Holy Spirit is leading me there. We have to, we have to apply God's principles at home. In our workplace, right? Hmm. I know you made a mistake. And I, I, I know you are doing your best. Thank you for that. Right? Not, what have you done now again? Look what you've done. You messed up the whole thing. Now it will never work again. 
Right? What are we doing? We're putting a seed of curse in that person. Well, verse 28, God blessed them. Say blessed. Say God blessed me. He is still blessing me. In Jesus' name. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in, in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Don't rule over people. Do you see people there? Rule over people. Where? No, no, there's no rule over people. No. No dictatorship. In the kingdom of God, there's no space or place for dictatorship. We don't rule over people. We have to rule over nature. We have to look after nature. Right? So as we can see, uh, this entire contractual process was completely unilateral or independent by God. God set up His constitution Himself with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit because there were three. Right? It was unilateral. It was Himself. It was Himself. After Adam was created, Adam simply received the completed contract. When He created Adam, He said to Adam, Here's, here's your constitution. Name the animals, rule, reign. Right? He only wants the best for you and me. Only wants the best for you and me. The same with Abraham. What did God say to Abraham? Let's go to Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abraham, not the people had said, Where, did I say that before? Yeah in the democratic um, constitution or government, the people say, but here, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. Is God, is God putting destiny here into Abraham's mind? I will make you. What, God? Will you make me? I will make you a great nation. What? Do you, man, do you see the heart of the Father? Come on. Do you see the heart of the Father? Hmm. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Is God not, is that not a promise? I will. When you stand from the pulpit about to get married, and you say, I will, I do, I will get married to you. That is a covenant. I will. Our word, listen to this, our word has to become our honor. What we speak, we must do. We say stuff too easy. Right? We say stuff without thinking. We say stuff sometimes to please. And yet behind, in my back, I know, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Or, uh, I'll see tomorrow how I feel. Right? We all do that. Our word 
has to become our honor. Our handshake has to be honorable. Without paperwork, without a contract, this is a contract, my word. Well, what did God do? He spoke us into existence. He spoke this world into existence when there was chaos. He brought order. What we speak, we must do. Or whatever you say. It must be, honor must return to our words. Right? No, let me first look at the contract. I said, I, I, I did say to the CEO that I will, I will do that sometime, but let me just go to my contract and says, if it's part of my job description, my boss lady or my boss man or the man I work for that I honor asked me to do this, but wait, let me just go and check in my contract if it's in my task list or, or my job description, Right? Contracts is good. It's legal and binding. But our word must be more legal and binding because that is the initiation of a contract. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 3. Verse 2. I will make you a great nation. Let's go to verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curse you, I will curse. Wow. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. He says to Abraham. He says to us. Do you see this mighty king we serve in this kingdom? He is looking out for us. Whoever you will bless, I will bless. Whoever curses you, I will curse. Why? I'm looking out for my son and my daughter. You are mine, God says. Right? And to both Abraham and Adam, God was saying this. This is my government. This is my constitution. This is my agreement with you. God only wants the best for you and me because He loves us. And He wants to prosper us. He wants to put us into a great destiny. Am I right? Why? What did he say in Jeremiah 29? Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Verse? Ha ha. For I know. <laughs> for I know the plans I have. I know, God says. I know the plans that I have for you and me. I know. I'm king of this kingdom. I know. God, are you sure I must go this route? Or are, are you sure I must? I must please, God, just... Isn't there something else perhaps? Or Our choices come into play every day. Every day, our choices. Your choices. And we always try, due to our nature, to make the right choices. Am I right? Due to our nature. Where does this nature come from? It comes from God. He created that nature in us to do good. To always do the best and try and do the best, but we do make mistakes. We sometimes choose wrong. Hmm. And then God's grace. 
comes in and he says, I will turn everything around for good for those who love the Lord and is called to purpose. I will give you a second chance. I, I will even give you a, a, a third chance in your marriage. Right? My wife's getting cold. <laughs> Amen? And we can all testify of this. I think all of us, 99%, that we are now probably on our second chance or our third chance that God has given us, right? In a marriage, in business, in, in your workplace, another chance, a, another opportunity. Because God the King doesn't want to despise us. He doesn't want to throw us down. He always wants to build us up. He will always have a second chance for us. Amen? For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Hope and a future. I release hope in us all this morning in the name of Jesus. I release hope in you in the name of Jesus. Hope and a future, a good future, a prosperous future. Amen? So the kingdom constitution states the king's desires for his citizens. It's his desire for us, his citizens. And because he is righteous and king, caring, compassionate king, his desires are always for our greatest good and benefit. It's for us. Hallelujah. Do you, are, you, are you getting this? Do you understand where, you, where we are? In the kingdom of God, right? In closing, let's say, let's, let's look at seven principles of the kingdom's constitution. Number one, the source of the constitution is the kings, not the citizens. The source of the constitution is the king. He is the source, right? Not the citizens. We cannot dictate to the king. I read this week also, um, you know, questions in the media about homosexuality and this and abortion and America, blah, blah. And they asked this pastor, so what do, you, what do you think about this? He says, I don't think anything about this. What does the word of God say? He says, I'm an ambassador of a king. Right? Are we ambassadors of this kingdom? Right. So, it means your opinion and my opinion is illegal. As an ambassador of a king, of a kingdom, you cannot go against that agreement against the king. If you lift your opinions or, or put your opinions down there, it is illegal. You are not. Mm. So what does David say about this? David lived before Jesus. Let's go to Psalm 33. 1 to 12, or 11 to 12. And here I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. His destiny plan for the earth stands sure. God's, David says it, God's, your destiny plan stands sure and firm. His forever plan remains in place and will never fail. 
Take this for yourself. Personalize this. Number 12, verse 12. Blessed and prosperous is that nation who has God as their Lord. They will be the people He has chosen for His own. Do we, are we understanding the, the Father's heart here? Number two. Principle number two. The Constitution contains the benefits and privileges of the citizens. The, the agreement, the Constitution, the Word of God, the Bible, contains our benefits and our privileges. Mean yours. Let's, say what, let's see what Jesus says in Matthew 7. And Jesus says here, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Verse 8. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So to who do you think is the benefit? To us. That door will be opened for you. Don't kick it open. Right? Lord, can you hear me, Lord? I want this door open. The Lord says, no, wait. Hold on, hold on. Hold a second. That's why we say, when the Lord opens a door, it is from the Lord. And when the Lord sometimes keeps a door closed, He keeps it closed to protect you, perhaps, from calamity or destruction. Because I want this door open, Lord. It looks good on the other side. I look through the peephole in the reverse. You know a peephole of a door? If you look in the reverse, everything is like, very far. <laughs> right? But these benefits are for us. And Jesus, Jesus said here, John, let's go to John 5. Verse 24 in the Passion Translation. I speak to you an eternal truth, Jesus says. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, who sent Jesus? God, the King. He sent Jesus. Jesus says, if you embrace my message and believe, say believe, Say believe. believe. Believe in the one who sent me, in Father God. You will never face condemnation. You will never face condemnation. I will not condemn you to death or to whatever. In me, Jesus says, you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of life. Amen? You've already passed from the realm of death into the realm of life. Already. When you believe, when you embrace my message, say, yes, Jesus. I say yes to your message. Amen? You immediately move from death to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Principle number three of God's kingdom, God's constitution, 
constitution, the king obligates or compels himself to the principles of the constitution. God is a creator of the constitution, so he compels himself, he obligates himself to his own constitution. He will not go out of that constitution, am I right? You see how powerful this is? That's why when we pray and when we declare God's word, God will honor that word because His word is His constitution. Amen? Amen? When you speak His word, he, he honors His word. He obligates Himself to His kingdom, to His word, because you are quoting His word back to Him. He compels himself to his word. He compels himself to his constitution. Right? And so often we hear people ask us, oh, what must I pray? I don't know how to pray. There's a whole book. Pray the Bible. Amen? Pray the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are enlightening our minds this morning. Hmm. Number four, the fourth principle of his constitution. The constitution contains the rights established by the king. He establishes those rights for you and me, for your citizens. Number five, the constitution, constitution cannot be changed by the citizens. Hey! No, Lord, let me, just, let me just apply something else to your word here. Let me just mingle and, and change your word, your constitution. But no, cannot be done. We cannot change God's constitution. The citizens. Right? That's why that person said, I don't have anything to say about your questions. Because... I must speak what the constitution and the king speaks. For instance, I love the person. I have sent my son for this person. I sent Jesus Christ for this person. But I hate the sin that this person is performing. Right? God always wants to preserve the person. Because God knows that sin kills the person. Right? Destroys. God's heart is to preserve the person. To save the person. He's been, in fact, that person that's in sin or whatever has already been saved. When? By Jesus Christ on the cross, by His resurrection. What does that person need to do? He has to come to realization because that there is a Savior that has already saved me. I must just accept His message. John 5, 24. If you embrace my message, if, if, what comes with if? A choice. If equals choice. We have to choose. Hey, he, has done it all for, he has done it already for us. He's done it all for you. You just have to choose. 
light or darkness? You choose. Death or life? You choose. Right? Hallelujah. Number six, the constitution is the reference for life in the kingdom. Where is our constitution? It's the Bible. That is our reference point for life in this kingdom. And lastly, the constitution contains the statutes and laws of the, of the kingdom. There is principles and laws in the constitution. Right? You cannot go murder someone and get away with it. There's justice. Right? Thank you, Jesus. So are we getting this? Did you get something? Hallelujah. We are in the kingdom of God. So I'm in the kingdom of God. Ruling and railing on this earth. Only for a short while. Because I have eternal life with the King. With the King. <laughs> Amen? Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to seal off this word this morning with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you reveal to us that we are in the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is a mighty kingdom because we have a mighty king. And yet he's loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ for us to die and to live for us, to, to spill his blood for us. To take us away from the law and to put us under grace, the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. That we can say that we are alive today in the kingdom of God. And that the king only wants the best for us, his citizens a plan and a great future of hope and destiny. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for every person that, that heard my voice this morning that they will realize that this kingdom is not a dictatorship. It is a loving king who has created us, his citizens. Because He only wants the best for us. He wants us to, to, he wants to see us live and not die. Die to sin. No. Live in righteousness. Live under the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for every soul right now, Lord, that's watching online. Every person, Father. That, Lord, that you will bless them, Father. In the name of Jesus. Like your word says, I will bless them. Father, I want to pray for, for, for people online as well that, that hasn't given their heart 
to Jesus, who haven't said yes to Jesus, who haven't said yes to God. If you feel in your heart right now that I want to be in this kingdom, I want to be in the kingdom of God, then you can say after me that, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I hear your message. And by faith, I accept your message of hope, of deliverance, of freedom, of liberty. Thank you, Jesus, that you have died for me. And then you were risen for me by the Spirit of God for me so that I can live. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God, I invite you into my life right now. Come change me. Come fool me. Come renew my mind. Make me a new person. Baptize me with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Make me new. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.